once a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job. That man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. One day the heavenly beings came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down on it. The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. He still persists in his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him for no reason. Then Satan answered the Lord, skin for skin. All that people have, they will give to save their lives. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well, he is in your power. Only spare his life. So Satan went out into the presence of the Lord and inflicted loathsome sores on Job from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. Job took a parchment with which to scrape himself and sat among the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still persist in your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as any foolish woman would speak. Shall we receive the good at the hand of God and not receive the bad? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
God did Moses command you. Faith said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Then, in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. The Gospel of the Lord. Many of us perhaps have fallen in love more than once. 
God's mercy also is poured out without restraint. So when we fail, God's mercy comes into play. God's love is showered upon us. We are never turned away. Now to understand this passage, we have to understand the context. Once again, the Pharisees are challenging Jesus. They want to trip him up, so they ask him a question. They say, uh, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? And Jesus turns to them and says, well, what does Moses say? And they uh, reply, because they know the law. Moses said that it was possible for a man to put away his wife simply by a letter of dismissal or a decree of dismissal. And then Jesus comes back, and here is where he announces what they just said. He said, Moses did that because of your hard hearts. But that's not God's idea of marriage. And then he goes on and doesn't talk about divorce, but he talks about marriage. And he tells the Pharisees that God created men and women in God's image and blessed marriage, this wonderful institution where two become one never to be separated. Well, I think we need to understand, first of all, that Jesus is responding in a particular context. That under Roman law, a woman could divorce a man. And there is evidence that some Jewish women did divorce their husbands. But for faithful Jews, only a man could really divorce his wife. And often divorcing a wife for very little reason at all. In Jesus' response to the Pharisees, he's striking back at this idea of patriarchy, this idea of the heart-heartedness of men, that is, men. Not men in the broad sense, men. Because men are the ones who are passing out their wives with very little reason. A little further on in the passage, uh, when Jesus is alone with his disciples in the house, the disciples want to learn more about what he's teaching. And Jesus replies, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. I believe that this is in response to the backdrop of John the Baptist condemning Herod for having divorced his wife so that he might marry his half-brother's wife. And there's even some question so whether or not his half-brother's wife ever got divorced. So it was a very complicated situation, and they saw it as immoral. So John the Baptist took uh, Herod on, and we know what happened to John the Baptist, off with his head. The Pharisees were trying to get Jesus to comment on Herod's marital situation, and Jesus avoided it with the Pharisees. And now that he's alone with his disciples, they ask him again, about what he was talking about. Now he responds about Herod's situation. And it was adultery all the way around. And he made that very clear. Feeney Perkins, writing in the New Interpreter's Bible, says, Jesus was looking at the selfish individualism of the Herodian court when he made his comments in answer to the Pharisees' question. He was not telling a battered woman that she and her children must risk physical and psychological torment every day just to avoid divorce. I think it's very important for us to hear that. Jesus was responding to a particular situation in mind, and that was a situation 
In peace we pray to you, Lord God. For all people in their daily life and work. For our and our president, and Charlie, our governor. For this community, the nation, and the world. For the just and proper use of your creation. For those who suffer from war, famine, and natural disasters around the world in our own nation, especially those who suffer trauma, injury, or loss of a loved one in the community college student shooting in Oregon Thursday, and for all who are in danger, sorrow, or any kind of trouble. In the Anglican cycle of prayer, we pray for the Diocese of Sunan, Ghana, West Africa, for the Worldwide Anglican Communion, and Justin, Archbishop of Canterbury. In our Diocesan cycle of prayer, we pray for the ministries of St. Thomas Church, Taunton, Trinity Church, Topsfield, Grace Church, Indicator, the South Shore Deary, and the Third Order Society of St. Francis. For the peace and unity of the Church of God. For Catherine, our presiding bishop, Michael, our presiding bishop elect, and Alan and Neil, our bishops. For all bishops and other ministers. We pray for the special needs and concerns of we pray especially for Peter, Ruth, Ted, Naomi, Kathy, Brian, Linda and Peter and their children, Kristen, Michael, Peter, Alice, John, Evan, Hugh, Jean, Mary, Ed, Bob, Kevin, Susan, Andy, and all who died in shooting. 
Lord, let your loving kindness be upon us. We praise you also for the forgiveness of our sins. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. Hear our passion. Thank you. 
30 of us got together yesterday in the parish hall in the kitchen, and between us we made 36 apple pies. And there were all ages from the under 10s, the under 10s to the older people. And we all got together and had a wonderful time doing it. Now your job is to come to the fair and bring your friends and buy our pies. Thank you. On behalf of the vestry, I'd like to invite all of you to join us in two weeks from 5 to 8 p.m., so that's October 18th, for a parish-wide celebration of our new facilities. In particular, we're going to be recognizing our architects, our building contractors, our town officials, and our wonderful neighbors. So we hope you'll come. Uh, we're going to have food for everyone. Uh, in particular, kids are invited to join us, uh, but Becky tells me we need to make sure that the, kids, the parents of the kids sign up online to join us on that evening. So, two weeks from now, 5 to 8 p.m., we hope you'll join us. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. And just as a clarification, if you go to our website um, and go under announcements,